it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. All right, y'all, welcome to uh, the next installment of Hillbilly Has Been's. We're your hosts. I'm Darren Smith. And this is Dave Dunkley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Darren. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How's Man, your day going? Oh, not bad. Today we got kind of a historic episode yes. because I don't believe uh, a guy that took another guy's gig. We didn't really take it. Well, he got the yeah. gig after him. Yes. Uh, I don't think he's ever been interviewed by the guy that, or you've ever interviewed a guy that got your gig. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's kind of. And, and, and what and, a better guy to and be, get your gig than Adam. Oh, I know. Uh, really good friend of mine. We've been friends for years, so it's not like, you know, there's any animosity there or anything, you know. I mean, yeah, you couldn't have done with him anyway. No, I love him to death. So. Um, this is Adam Schoenfeld, and he's with still with Tim now. He plays guitar for Tim, but not only that, man, he's played on everything. I mean, if you, if chances are, if you listen to the radio, you've heard Adam play. Absolutely. I mean, from everybody from Jason Aldean to Luke Bryan to Big and um, Rich, Big and Rich, just I mean, just it, the list goes on and on. Almost three hundred albums he's played on. So, without further ado. <laughs> a D. Uh, here's our interview with Adam Schoenfeld. So, if you're a country music fan for the last 20 years, then you you've had an encounter with our next guest. From pinning a Mississippi girl for Faith Hill to playing guitar on countless albums, playing live for Big and Rich, Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, musician, songwriter, friend, all around funny guy, and husband to Katie Cook from CMT. Mr. Adam Schoenfeld. Hey. Thank you. Say, hey, Adam. Hey, man. So good to see you guys. Good to see you, my man. man. Hell yeah. So, man, <laughs> you you have played on, I saw, over 200 albums. Yeah, gain, hitting that 300 mark, I think, or a little more now. You that's, know? A, that's amazing, man. That is amazing. Then you don't count the one, you know, counting the ones that aren't even listed. Um you know, it's probably more than that, but yeah, man, it's it's been a long ride, man. Yeah, well, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. You're from New York, Huntington, New York. Uh, well, yeah, I was born in Long Island, Huntington, New York, and when I was very little, my parents relocated to Northwest New Jersey, where they filmed Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, um, yeah, so grew up in Jersey and playing in blues metal rock bands jazz bands you know, taking it all in yeah man I, I was doing it all you know everything wow. i could do when did you come to nashville uh i was 19. really yeah i, I would be a couple months from being 20 i think wow yeah 94 january 94. you came and you stayed you stayed when you came i, I did yeah Nice. Uh, I, I almost left. Almost left a couple of times. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, easy one, to do. Well, yeah. I mean, one time was just personally, and then and then another time, a band I was in was relocating to New York. Uh, right. And take you back home. I, you know, I decided not to go. You know, I've, I've had a beautiful career here, but there's part of me that kind of wishes I'd get the New York thing. You know? but, uh, right. You know, who right. knows where I'd be now? You know, I might not. Not, I might be have on my tenth record. Right. 
so when you right. when you came to Nashville, did you did you know anybody or have any contacts or? Did yeah. You- so uh, my best friend Justin Tockett, um, he he was already down here. We had met. Well, let me rewind. The very first time I had gone in the studio at the age of uh, seventeen or so, he was the drummer's good friend, and this was in Pennsylvania where we recorded. And he had come up, he had already moved down to Nashville, uh, Justin had, and he had come up to hang out and play bass with us in the studio. And we became instant friends. And then he went back down to Nashville while I was still up there with the band, Nathan Lee Band. Um, And when it came time uh, to come to Nashville because of the Nathan Lee Band, Justin was already here. Oh, okay, cool. um, We had another bass player up there um and unfortunately he was kind of weaseled out of the band no offense to justin i love justin obviously i'm, I'm happy <laughs> but there was a little a little uh dirtiness going on in the managerial side there's always something uh, going on yeah especially in the managerial side yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> not talk about that but anyway no, no. so uh but just you know the funny thing is justin came back up and drove down with me we drove he was driving his silver, uh, probably 84, 85. Yeah, I think there were 85s. He was in a silver Nissan Sentra, and I was in a black Nissan Sentra. Oh, wow. Nice. We, were, we were rocking down Route 81. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan Sentras in 1994 in a snowstorm. Oh, great. Nice. That's a good so way you, to come. Yeah. When you first came to Nashville, you, you did a lot, a lot of work at Woodland Studios, the famous yeah. Woodland Studios. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that, that was that's a cool place, man. I had a weird vibe in that place, man. I think oh, it, was, it was great. I yeah, think it was I, haunted. I think it was haunted. I, I wouldn't doubt it, man. <laughs> and I, I wish I could go back there now. I mean, I, I, I guess it's still owned by. Um, I'm blanking on her name, Gillian, Gillian yeah. Welch, and and Dave. Oh, really? Uh, but yeah, after the tornado. Yeah, did they rebuild it? No, well, there were. I think there was some discrepancies between the uh, the owner of the studio company, the business, uh-huh. my friend Bob, and yeah. the landlord of the building. He didn't own the building at the time, so uh, between okay. those two and insurance companies and all that, I think they couldn't work things out. And uh, he moved out of the studio, yeah. uh, and they ended up selling the building. And that was right after Gillian had that. Uh, had the old brother, where art thou? Uh, uh, single, and I think they put some of that money towards buying that building. <laughs> I think they still have it. I'd love to see it. I'd love, I'd love to rent that third room back there. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Made a lot of music there. That's where I cut my teeth. You know, um, Bob had a publishing company and uh, or publishing aspirations. I don't know how you'd say. It. Uh, and uh, he kind of groomed me and Justin. And Justin paid more attention to the engineering side. Right. And uh, has become a great producer as well as still a great bass player. He's always been one of the best bass players in the world. Um, And uh, yeah, man, he, you know, I was talking to Chris Lusinger, you know, Chris. Oh, yeah. yeah. So great player. My, the generation before me that Bob groomed was Chris and some guys. Right. He he was helping younger musicians out and, and, uh, and or starting out musicians and you know it was a way for him to get you know musicians that weren't as expensive or not expensive at all <laughs> and uh right. but, experience. but but he paid me to answer phones and at one point i was assistant manager in the studio and 
And, uh, but as long as I did my job, I could be in the studio, literally. Right. Because there were three studios. And if I had an engineer with me, as long as I answered that phone and took care of the stuff I needed to take care of, I could be recording all day long, whatever right. day it was. We were in That's there at five in the morning, you know. And my mom, my mom always said the quickest way to the Kings through the servant's door. Hmm. So that's right. <laughs> that's right, man. So you were also later on down the line, you were like a huge part of uh, the music mafia, the big and Kenny, all that yeah, cowboy yeah, Troy. Yeah. Well, two foot Fred. You know, we, were there. we were there on tour with you. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't call myself a huge part, but, but I mean, I was with big and rich and John and Kenny you know, the mafia thing uh, to this day, I feel uh, I feel grateful to be um, associated with it. But I was also at a point in my life where I was having my first baby and I was I was working in the studios already. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, I wasn't doing the hang as much as everybody else. You know, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm due as much credit as I get for it, but, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, that was I a could, heck of a hang when you guys came to, with us the first well, time. Yeah. I do have the ring, but yeah, on the road, <laughs> I, was I, was, I was definitely a, a big part of Big and Rich, and I used to get teased that I was the Ann. Yes, that's awesome, man. I love that first record. You played all over that, didn't you? I did. I played on all their records until I think their last one. I played some, and and um, Trey Hill, who's be had become their live guy, probably three generations of the band since me, two or three. Um, I think he ended up taking over more duties on the record. They, you know, and right. finally found that guy that kind of filled my shoes a little more, which is great. You know, Trey's a great player. And, right. Um, but yeah, man, I, I listened. I found a, a CD the other day, a random CD, because I was doing a musicography for somebody. And uh, I pulled out something. I'm like, I had all these unmarked CDs, you know, and I put this. Right. I love in. those. They're treasures. Like, <laughs> like, what is this? This sounds awesome. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I see it's coming to your city. It's this, I think it's the second big and rich record. Right. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. I was all over that stuff. Yeah. It, it's funny because I remember whenever we do like festivals or, or uh, even when we were on tour, it'd be like, get to the gig. I got to go find Adam, you know, let's yeah. go find Adam and let's hang out. You know, yeah, man, I loved you guys out there, man. You guys meant so much to me. And it was such a dream, man. That, that first tour, God, I remember, you know, God, such a difference from me now, you know, it's the difference of being a young guy excited about being on the road to an old seasoned veteran. Right. Yeah, exactly. I remember I, it must've been almost every night I would walk out to front of house to listen to you guys and watch the light show and just, right. man, it just blew me away all every night, every time. And we'd always come and watch you guys. And you yeah. know, you, when you're, when you're headlining, you don't always go watch the no. opening act, you know, and or you do it once or twice, but usually you're just killing time. But yeah. I always step out and watch you guys. It usually, usually go. You usually go, and if they see you, you go, God, I don't know. When do I leave? <laughs> yeah. I can remember once once you guys was out in the parking lot and this having a good old time. Darren and I sitting in the bus watching TV, you know, we're doing yeah. the old the old guy thing at that yeah. point. And he looks it out and it's so exciting. Watching you all, you know, Darren's like, man, I remember my first rodeo. Wait, did we have yeah. fun in the parking lot? Uh, where, where was that? Uh, who knows? <laughs> man, remember we used to just pull the lawn chairs out and just watch people. I remember you popping a chair out with us, and we just watched people walk by. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it was great. I love hanging with you boys, man. It was fun, man. It was, it was fun. Time. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Mississippi Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
because uh, you know what's funny. We had, I got to tell you this quick funny story. We played a live eight in Rome, Italy. Okay. And and uh, we uh, with Faith and Tim both. They just used us and and uh, Dan Huff came out and played. It was weird because he played acoustic and I was you know he could blow me away in electric. But I, was, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you know and uh, so it was kind of weird. But anyway, he came out and uh, sat in with us during that show. You know and we did we did Mississippi Girl and all that. You know it was it was killer, man. It was, it was killer. killer. So tell us how that song came about. Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I could still remember the, well, I can't remember where it is, but every time I pull in a bus back behind the venue, I know we're there. It's it's place. It's like kind of got like an Ewok village of like uh, walkways through the woods. <laughs> uh, but I remember, you know, um, John coming up to me one day, John Rich and, and saying, hey, man, I got this idea for a song for Faith. She's looking for songs. You want to write it with me? I'm like, Sure, you know, yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't often that John asked me to write with him, and we had written written after that. Um, and uh, I think, luckily enough, honestly, I think he asked Kenny first, and Kenny wasn't feeling well. And Kenny said, "said Why don't you go write it with Adam?" Oh, good for nice. you! <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's the way it went down. Which, love lucky day, All right? Uh, but All you right. know, and, and uh, so we worked on it one day for maybe 30 minutes, you know, cause you know, the artists don't have all that much time on the road. Right. It's a drive by. And then there was another day we spent maybe another 20, 30 minutes, just, just uh, sealing the deal on the song. And I remember uh, being at this, uh, uh, God, whatever that venue is, God, I wish I could remember. I should remember. I th- it sounds familiar. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. When you, when you pull down the hill, there's a long green hill on the right side backstage. Um, Oh God! Can, yeah. The Utah is kind of like that, where the jazz played. It was kind of down in the back, and there was greenery around, and people was up at the top. But yeah, well, this was an open air. This was an amphitheater. Uh, oh, but uh, whatever. I want to say it's northeast or or Ohio or something. But but anyway, regardless, I remember him. Saying, <laughs> I'm gonna play it for Faith today, and I remember being on the bus and watching him sitting up on the hill with Faith playing her the song, playing the song. Nice. Oh, wow. And I'm like. Like a, like a puppy. Right. Could you <laughs> like, feel the reaction? Like, what's going on? You know, well, <laughs> he came back to the bus. He said, she loves it. She wants to cut it. Nice. Uh, in my mind, and I probably even said it out loud, I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then it went to, um, yep, she's definitely cutting it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then it went to, it's going to be her first single. I'm like, nah. Nah, that's too good. And it you know, went to, it's going to be number one. I'm like, no way, whatever. You right. know. Yeah. And so it was, it was huge. It was a uh, what was CSAC song of the year in 2005. When, yeah, you know, that was yeah. that's that's killer, man. Man, and and God, how lucky, how lucky am I? You know, so many guys writing songs for. I mean, I've been writing songs for years, but never not necessarily in the Nashville grind. Um, think of all those guys and girls writing songs in the grind. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, I know that that like maybe have gotten a couple cuts here and there, and have been doing it for years and. Boom, here I am, my first stab at it, you know, on a country record. I mean, honestly, I walked away from that song after we wrote it thinking, eh, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) That was the way that works, man. That was a good exercise in writing a country song with John. Right. So so how about the first time that you uh, got to hear it done? Was you standing out in the crowd somewhere or did did it hit you? You know what? That was yours? I really really don't remember. I think. Really? I, I don't. I, I wish I did, but you know, um, 
I just, it's a nice feeling when anything that I've played on or right, of right. comes over the airwaves at, at any place, you know, usually it's walking into Home Depot. Right, right. <laughs> We're changing the channels at two yeah. o'clock in the morning, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what, man? It, it's so funny because for years with my daughter and my son, I'd be like walking in to hear something, and you know, I'd be like, "Yeah, the guitar on that sounds cool." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, Dad. Uh, yeah, I know <laughs> the last time it ever happened. That's funny. Uh, my my daughter was here. I was taking her to the uh, orthodontist, and it hadn't happened in a while because you know I I said I divorced from her mother and uh took her to the orthodontist and as soon as we sit down a jason song comes on <laughs> that i played on i looked over at her and she looks back at me and she goes don't like, oh, <laughs> uh, i have a 13 year old that i always think you know whatever sports events on you know we played everywhere so i can go i played there before you know and, and yeah. now it's like with him he's 13 he's like of course you have dad yeah you know that's yeah. the answer yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, you know what i think our kids you know for people like us it's part of what we did and part of who we are so it's it's not as a big of a deal to it's kind of normal yeah. it's it's weird yeah. because i've got a i've got a 20 year old daughter and i've got a 10 year old daughter and yeah. the 20 year old was there through the whole tim thing i mean it's still uncle tim to her you know yeah. and uh so she was i mean she's come up on stage and stuff and, and so she knows all about it. But my 10-year-old, if you ask her, what's dad do? Well, he plays golf and he mows the yard and he plays with me. That's pretty much it. That's pretty, <laughs> that sounds like a good job, bro. Yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't even have a clue, you know. Uh, oh, wow. But um, also, you were nominated ACM guitarist for how many up teen million years you know like uh, I 2011 think, through 2011. like all of them if up teen million means five or six <laughs> right. yeah yeah I think five, five, you know five, you know what's five. funny is that me and dave were actually nominated back in like 2004 2005 what? but you know how we got nominated <laughs> all the whole weird. band the whole band voted for each other oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so so you know it only takes like six votes to get you yeah from what I understand, there's only uh, a, a small fraction of members that actually vote. Yeah. So, it's but really, you know, it's still cool to be nominated. It's I like, was in a specialty instrument category with Jerry Douglas, so you know how that went. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like, well. I think the I CMA lost award. The CMA yeah. award. We've called it the Mac McAnally Award for yeah. the right. few years. You I know, think so I got that. beat out by Brent Mason. Which no, is not, no, yeah. <laughs> so well, okay, nice to make those lists, you know. All right, so you get the the digital brains. That's your own. That's mm -hmm. you and some some boys doing uh, all your own stuff. And, yeah, man. And then uh, Suncat. Let's talk about that. That's with your wife, Katie. Yeah, Katie man. Cook from the CMT fame. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what? You know what? I was gonna say this is what Tim told me about my wife and about Faith. That uh, man, he told me one time. He said, "Man, we sure outpunted our coverage on this one." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> told me that I know too. I, did. I know I did. Man, we but we we feel like we uh, there's a reason we came together, you know. And and boy, the music we make together is so cool and fun, and it's just great, you know. I've got brains, like you said, digital brains is my rock trio, right? Right. Um, and Katie and I, it's more like. Fleetwood Mac inspired, Tom Petty inspired, just classic rock inspired. I suppose if it had a genre, 
uh, it would be country. I kind of look at Digital Brains as my dark side because there's, <laughs> there's some songs I'm singing like this on. Uh, and then there's me and Katie going, la, 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 running through the field. Uh, and, I'm, and there's stuff in the middle I'm working on. And, and there's another project I did called Ghost Outfit. Excuse me, with Project Ghost Outfit with Bill Lloyd from Foster and Lloyd and Tommy oh, yeah. Cheap Trick and Steve Marcantonio, great engineer. But any, you know, so I'm doing, I, I can't stop doing music ever. So, but Katie and I, you know, it started when we got together, we said, we tried to write together a couple songs um, and they were okay. We finished a couple songs, like more of a Nashville style. Let's write a song and try to make a country song, you know, that we could pitch. And it was okay. We, We had a good time doing it, but there was one time where all of a sudden we wrote one, you know, that just, happened and man the floodgates opened um and we wrote like five songs within like i think a week and a half yeah the nights we were hanging out it was just like hey how about this and they just started coming and coming and coming and and uh you know she called me sunny when we first started dating and still does once in a while and of course (laughs) that for Katie. So I, I kind of, I think I kind of spat out the sun cat. So that's where the, the title came. Well, tell us, tell us about the tune we're going to play today. Okay. Uh, I miss Tom Petty is man. It's a great story. Uh, I consider it one of my biggest successes. That's cost me more money than it's made. Uh, (laughs) This is the best. (laughs) uh, But you know what you guys know from being on stage um and playing a song that you've recorded on like live like you're dying i know darren you played on that right yeah uh-huh yeah yeah and that's you on the solo on the end and right right you, you know what it's like to have music you play on touch people and david you do too being on yeah. that stage and and seeing the reaction of people um to a song like live like you're dying right. i'm not comparing i miss tom petty to live like you're dying <laughs> song wise right. and depth wise but but what happened with that song, I try to keep this short, but it's a, it's a fun. You're story. good. Tell it. Um, you know, the, the quick part of it is it's the first song that I've sung and, and it's with Katie. She sang it with me as well. But the first song with me as an artist that connected to some people. Right. Um, right. And, and what happened was, we, we had wanted to write the title for a while and we had thrown it around. And I had about half of it started with ideas and then Katie and I finished it up and, and we decided to record it with Sean Fichter on drums. Who's in, in Tim's band. Tim's band yeah. With, uh, yeah. David Santos on bass. They came over here. And so Katie was kind of doing other stuff and she kind of came in at the tail end and, you know, Dave had played some bass lines and, you know, she had to go and she's like, can you just do one that's a little simpler? And, and he said, okay. And he did one that was really dead simple and she had to leave, but he left. And I think he kind of knew, he kind of felt like it wasn't right. And I guess he could sense from Katie, maybe that it wasn't quite there or not, but regardless, the next day he texts me and he said, man, can I come back? I really want to make sure that that baseline is right. And I, and I showed it to Katie. I showed her the text, and and uh, and I'm like, you know what? 
if he cares this much, right. let's yeah. let him come back. Because He's got at, something to say. Honestly, because at that point, and I think I told him this, I had comped his bass line and even played some bass and comped mine into his and was, right. you know, and, but he came back and he sat down to play and he goes, Hey, look. And he, he shoves his phone in my face and he had just texted Steve Ferroni from the heartbreakers. Oh, and he wow. said, I'm, I'm playing this song. I'm playing on this song about your, about your buddy. <laughs> and Steve gets back to me and goes, can I play it on my show? And I have no idea what his show is at the time. I'm like, what, 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 you know? Um, and I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so long story short, or well, long story longer. <laughs> anyway. So when we get it mixed and stuff, he's, he, uh, I emailed it to Froney and Katie and I were at a meeting. I was actually at a meeting for digital brains, but Katie was with me and, um, my phone lights up with an LA number and I'm like, I got to take this. Right. <laughs> uh, so answer the phone. It's frick Steve Ferroni. And nice. he, he's, you know, he, of course he's like, well, there's enough talking to you. Let me talk to your lady. <laughs> but but he, uh, he, uh, he said, man, there's a lot of uh, Tom fans, I think that need to hear this song. And, and we were just blown away. I mean, that's awesome. The, the Heartbreakers and Tom Petty are heroes. They're one of the few bands that I completely connected with on every level. And right. I, when I when I saw them live, I felt like that crowd that sees Tim live. Right. You know, that that feel connected to him. Right. Uh, and so anyway, uh, last year. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, last last year. Um, he puts it on. Sorry year before last year it, it timeline fuzzy. <laughs> i understand 2018 yeah. christmas he puts it on his radio show on tom petty radio on sirius xm uh on his last show of the year it runs for a week it's christmas special um and does a little bit about katie's dad because he's a famous songwriter and and he goes and i'm telling you the story because there's something special that's coming up later and he closes the show with a dedication of our song for, as a Christmas present to the Heartbreakers. Oh, and, wow. and he plays I Miss Tom Petty. Wow. That's and, awesome, man. I mean, it, for us, it was, and, and all of this stemmed from him playing on the radio and more importantly, going back to touching people um, in a good way. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a guy named Matt Malure. I, I think it's Malure. He told me, and it's, you know me, I'm, all over the place um but he was kind of like the like remember randy laprise you know like one of the major tim fans yeah like this guy matt was like i think the die hardest of all tom petty fans right you know and he connected with our song and he really like like kept telling people about it and then he you know, pushed it on the people at the Tom Petty birthday bash, Sarah and Jason Hedges. And we got invited to do the Tom Petty birthday bash last year in Gainesville. And nice. it, for us, it was just magical, you know? And that, and that song comes out of the shoot before it's even out of the shoot. It's trying yeah. to get out. Yeah. You know? you know, and, and, and then this year we got to do it. It was pretty big this year. So we did a cover of ways to be wicked. Um, and they, they moved the Tom Petty birthday bash to a virtual thing, but red light management got involved, right. uh, just to raise I saw some of your posts about that, man. Well, and, and of course, so many big acts 
excuse me, joined on, that all of us little acts pretty much, they just played our audio on Sirius right. Dem, and then TomPetty.com streamed the big guys and girls. Is that going to be an event now? Uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, hopefully next year it goes back to the live thing. I'm sure it will right. when it can. It's, it's October, you know, so hopefully that means... Get a lot of time to recover. Hopefully by October next year we can get right. out and play... Play some music well, let's uh, let's play it for the folks. All right, let's do it. Suncat, I miss Tom Petty. The streets were paved with gold. The sun was always shining. We were never growing old. We were. Too busy flying So many miles You were there for the smiles Could always count on you When things got heavy I miss Tom Petty What's a dream without a friend? Sitting right beside you You write the book but not the end You just hope the good parts come true So many miles You were there for the smiles could always count on you when things got heavy I miss Tom Petty I miss Tom Petty Miss Tom Petty too. Yeah, I, I tell you, man, I still get a little verklempt, as they say. <laughs> Whenever one of his songs come on, comes on the radio, I, it's just I, I felt I felt like I knew the guy just seeing. Right. Him, you know? Well, you know, Adam, me, we've been friends for a long time, but yeah. I bet this is the first time that anybody has that a guy whose guy uh, interviews the guy that took his gig. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Not, it's got to be no. It has to be history we're making. Yeah. To be clear, you lost the gig before I took it. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, it's true. But... Hey, if anybody, if anybody got it, I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it was exactly. You know, oh, man, yeah, no, that is kind of weird, man. That's... I know, man. But hey, a question. You know, working with Tim, we all know how Tim 
you know, does things and stuff. So has he uh, dropped your drawers or nut slapped, slapped you yet? No, I <laughs> the, the, the nut slapping has been, I think the kibosh was put on that. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, yeah. Lucky. I, I, <laughs> I have a slap. That's all I'm saying. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but I have I have received a nice nice pinch while on yeah. stage trying to play a guitar solo. One of those like where he doesn't. Oh play yeah. Well. All right, like, all right. Oh god. Uh, he <laughs> shoulder butted Darren one time to the ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, one time one time he took. I, I used to do this solo, and he take me up. They take me up in this genie lift, like this oh. four by eight sheet i was standing with no rails no nothing just standing up there and they take me all the way up to where my hat almost hit the speakers hanging right and then tim gets underneath and starts swinging it back and forth oh. and i'm looking down going okay where can i land where i won't die but i'll, I'll be good and i'll live long enough to sue him for everything he's got right. he, would, he would swing it more every week man i mean it got oh. bored is this that far can i post oh. it and why, I, I, why am I not surprised? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, uh, with the with all the COVID going on and all that crap, uh, how, are you staying pretty busy still, like studio work? And man, I, I am. I, I got to say it's a little nerve-wracking, you know, um, trying to, you know, always before a session make sure people are going to be wearing masks. And, right. Yeah. You know, there's there's been a couple I felt a little uncomfortable on, but uh, I, I kind of decided I'm not gonna let that happen anymore. I'm just gonna say, please wear a mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a I'm a believer. <laughs> hey, if, if if it might help, why not do it? Right. 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 There's people that think it's a political statement and all that shit, but whatever. Yeah. But right now, it's not gonna might help. <laughs> if it might help, save one person in the room. It's worth it. Where the mask, it's worth right. it. But but yeah, so we I've been uh you know when it started, you know, March March is always kind of a hazy month anyway, you know. Yeah. January through March, you never know how much you're gonna work in the studio. Right. Um, was counting on starting to work with Tim and get ready for touring. Um, right. But uh yeah, the just song overdubs started coming in and I'm set up at the house to, here to do stuff. And then, you know, so I was doing that kind of stuff doing some records but here on my own excuse me coffee hiccups uh, <laughs> i was doing stuff on my own here and then when june hit and they kind of opened back up um knox michael knox who produces all the aldine records mm -hmm. he produces other stuff and he he uses me on everything and so there was just a backlog of records and stuff he had to do so june was banging and Man, I've been busy ever since. Good, that's good. Uh, so I know I can. I know you have like me. You have like umpteen guitars, you know, and stuff. Yeah. What, but everybody has their favorite go-to guitar. What's yours, man? Yeah, my my Desert Island guitar really has been for years has been my Melody Maker. Melody Maker, uh, 64 yeah. Sixty-four Gibson Melody Maker. Sixty-four. Oh, that's killer, yeah. man. Yeah, nice. uh, guy gave me for a dollar, which is. Uh -huh. Well, no kid story, but um but uh yeah i've now i've got two i've got three of them really and, yeah i've got i've got one in my <laughs> car rig i've got one in my carry rig and i've got one out on the road yeah uh, so That's I love, you know you rip out they rip out the single coil like joan jett did rip out the single coil. oh yeah right yeah. And, uh, Absolutely, uh, But well, <laughs> okay. My desert island, you know. Well, that's great, man. We're uh, getting down to the end here, but we got we got something we do with all of our guests. All right, all right. And we're just gonna throw this on you. 
uh, this is uh, not a true or false. It's and or. Like, what do you prefer? Thing. Okay. We're just gonna throw it at you. Whatever off the top of your head, you kick it out. All right. So Darren has a couple, and then I have them too. But mine was geared kind of towards uh, the doctors and. With us, I don't know if you've done the same kind of gig, so I'm going to throw them at you anyway. You just tell us what happened here, all right? All right, <laughs> all right here we go. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. It's not Hamburg. that hard. All right, there we go. Cadillacs or Lincolns? Cadillacs. Uh, beer, whiskey, or water? Whiskey. Or Dr. Pepper? Whiskey. Whiskey, all right. Madison Square Garden or Hollywood Bowl? Madison Square Garden. Yep. Uh, boxer briefs or thongs? <laughs> what, whichever she likes. <laughs> there we go. That's a good answer. Good morning, America, or Today Show? Oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, today. All right. Yeah. Boobs or booty? <laughs> Boobsy? <laughs> uh, Leno or Letterman? Never did Letterman, so I got to say Leno. Let's get a Leno. Okay, there you go. Um, a little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. And Number one parties or tour parties? Tour parties. All right. That's, that's last one. Me, Darren. There you last go. one, Fender or Gibson? I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> there must be some business ties in there. <laughs> just say, Just say both. And everybody will be happy. <laughs> they both make unique instruments. Yes. There you go. Great yeah, answer. Yeah. Great answer. Well, man, Adam, thank you for being on Hillbilly Has Beens, even though you're far, far from a has been. Oh, I'm you're... closing in, bro. No, man. <laughs> it's, it's a comfortable place to be, man. It'll be all right when you get there, I promise. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 knocking on heaven's door. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and when y'all are in Nashville, we'll be hitting you up for free tickets. So all right, yeah. brother. <laughs> Great to see you guys. I love you. Good, good love you too, love man. You, brother Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Take care, Adam. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Adam. See ya. That was cool, man. That what was a, excellent. What a nice guy. What a nice Yes, guy. sir. Yeah, he is. So anyway, man, uh, like I like I said, our podcast is cooking with cooking with gas. Cooking cooking <laughs> with uh Wesson oil <laughs> or something. I don't know. Something like that. But uh, it's doing really well, and thanks to y'all, um, we're uh, doing our best. We got a bunch of them in the can waiting to come out. So, you know, the only thing about it, about it is putting them in the can is is uh, sometime chronologically you start things don't match up. You know, so if you hear something on there you might have heard before, and it's either because we forgot we already said it, or uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, we we. Uh, don't know what it's, we're doing so it slips by it's kind of like if you're watching gladiator and you see like an airplane flying by in the yeah back in the distance you like somebody dropped the ball right there you know yeah we dropped the ball regularly <laughs> we, we've had drop balls for years but um so we run so <laughs> it was funny. I don't know why that's funny. It took me a second, man. Uh, it took me a minute to even say. Yeah, I don't even know where we was at. Think I even said that. Anyway, <laughs> if you listen to it on Apple or Google or or any of those, you know, you can uh, leave us a review, a good one, hopefully. And if you go to the uh, anchor page, you can actually uh, leave a message. You know, you can record a message right on the uh, 
right on there. It says, I think, leave a message, and you just push it and leave a message. Leave a message. It'd be great. Yeah, and we might play some of them if they're good. If they're not, we ain't going to play them, but, you know. <laughs> leave us a juicy one. It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so, you know, come to our Facebook page, leave us a message. We're going to read some of those, too, in uh, the next couple of episodes, and, you know, some of the good ones. Like I said, we're not going to read bad ones, but I don't think right. we've had any bad ones yet, you know. I don't think so. No. So yeah, the other but, night we um the other night we let out who the about the goat's name, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We on did on our live on our live feed. Yeah, so um if this episode comes if we stick it in there, which we'd like to play this one, you know, we wanna so on some of the late next episodes you might hear us still talking about the goat. <laughs> I know. I know. You got go. a name. Okay, we need to go live. God, can you shut up? All right. Anyway, sorry. Go to the uh, car. Yeah, gosh. Um, but anyway, we named the goat Lonnie after old bus driver, and everybody knows that now. And we're going to get a hold of, uh, I think it was Susan Norris, and, and and also Johnny Sweet, Lonnie's brother, was came up with the Lonnie name. And it, yeah. it was fitting. It was fitting. So, and our tribute to Lonnie and uh so Just to keep him around. that way we can keep him around. But now let's get to about the cantankerous old goat. Yeah, let's get to the next big thing now. I know, man. This is really swelling up a little bit now that we've talked to a couple people. Why don't you tell them about it, Darren? Well, I talked to the horse's mouth tonight. Uh oh, Joey Supak. I talked to him, mm-hmm. and he told me that I think his name was I'm not sure Christensen was his last name Brian or somebody like that. It was Space Guitar Tech during the Soul to Soul. He was actually the one that put the hot dog thing in there. Right. And um, he and Joey did confirm. Now, he confirmed. Now, we can't know this till we see the sign. Right. But he confirmed that Peyton Manning did eat six wieners. Six hot dogs. Wow. Yeah. And uh, that he had the record. And that he yeah. wrote on this board that his name and that he had, did have the record. And how many he ate. I and how many he I, ate. I remember now, seeing that. I couldn't, they didn't know of any other contestants there, you know, or anybody that would challenge him on, um, you know. Uh, Maybe they just knew they couldn't eat six hot dogs. Yeah. And so what we're going to do, and, and supposedly uh, Mike Recker, who used to work for us, uh, still has the sign. Nice. So if we can get a photo, we yeah, can post so a photo I'm and gonna, show that we're not full of malarkey. That's right. Or if Peyton Manning wants to give us a call. And we we'll, can confirm the great Peyton Manning wiener debacle. That's right. Because, I mean, like I said, this is more important than all them football records you got. Well, you know, that's what John P. said the other day when we was talking with him. He witnessed the great winter debacle. So that's right. So, and he said, Peyton did say all those records meant nothing to him. Except for the hot dog. After he broke that record under the soul to soul stage. Yep. So So, we are on to something here, folks. Yeah. If we we could get this wrapped up pretty soon. I think we're pretty close. I think if uh, Peyton would come on and just say, yes, I, I, I I I don't think that's ever going to happen, but you you never know. If anybody would do it, he is a pretty funny guy. You he know, is he, funny. He would probably play right along, man. He's yeah. awesome. But, you know, <laughs> hang with us. We will 
if we get that that picture, we'll post it on our Facebook. We'll, we'll wrap this up and then show you proof that we was we was at least in, in the presence of greatness. Yeah. So you know, if you hear this and then the next episode we're still talking about the goat, it's because we just <laughs> we, our balls dropped on that man. one. You know. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's about all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Adam. He uh, he's a great guy and great player and done a bunch, bunch of stuff and uh, took my gig, but no, I, didn't. I was gone for you, came in. for you for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You still got to, I mean, he's probably, he's got the best gig in the world because he had to learn my licks and my licks were easy. <laughs> <laughs> So, he prepared. He, yeah, he made a way for him. He didn't have to work too hard. Yeah, I remember. I remember talking to Bob Minner, and, and uh, I said, "Yeah, if I ever get Adam on, I'm going to ask him how it feels to, you know, play play cop have to play my, cop my licks." <laughs> and uh, Bob said, "Oh, it wasn't no big deal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that's why. Bob. That's why I didn't ask Adam that on. on exactly. <laughs> He might have put me in my place. But. All right. <laughs> anyway, we appreciate y'all support, and, and uh, we love y'all, and thanks for listening and, and always sticking by us. And and also, you know what? I wanted, I wanted to dedicate this to uh, Carmen Gonzalez because yeah. Carmen, that's uh, – Adam is her guitar man. Yeah. You know, and uh, we love Carmen, and she loves us, and – so we want to dedicate this episode to her. Excellent. I was supposed right. to tell him that Renee said hello, and I completely forgot. So Renee said hello, Adam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she could call him or stuff. You know, he still works. I, there. She said, you tell him I, I said hello, and I love him. You know how she is. Yeah. She didn't tell you to tell me that, though, did she? No. <laughs> <laughs> that cuts me. Cuts me deep. That cuts me deep. That's like a knife. <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a good night, Johnny. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, I still love her no matter what. I know. She loves you, man. I know. She just doesn't tell me that no more. <laughs> but I do. There's anyway, about that. I know I have to write one. Renee, don't love me no more. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, my brother. All right, man. Bye-bye. Everybody was a getting down. Pack it up and do it all again. The hillbilly has been. Now the days of old have come to pass. Even though we was kicking ass, we love the fans, but we need some friends. The hillbilly has been.